Hello, welcome to the Bloom with a Boom podcast. I'm Rebecca, your host, and in this nourishing space, we're navigating life's prickly paths so we can bloom from a place of self-love and acceptance. And this personal development has a ripple effect on the world around us, hence the boom. I'll be sharing vulnerable stories from my own life, some of my own adventures and misadventures, as well as the journeys of the guests we'll meet. Personal wellness is a pathway to living authentically. So we'll also explore a wide variety of wellness tools. I'll be sharing some of my little life hacks, daily practices, and some of my guests will be sharing theirs as well. The little practices that their happiness runs on. Uh, so make sure to subscribe by hitting the follow button on whatever app you're using, uh, and that will ensure you won't miss an episode. So thank you very, very much for being here and sharing the space and enjoy the show. Hey, before we introduce today's guest, I just want to say Happy New Year. Happy 2024. This episode and the next episodes that we'll see were actually recorded last fall in late 2023 as I was launching this podcast. So we've got a few more. You might notice a energetic difference because these were recorded before the holiday, but they are so valuable to hear now. And then we're just going to start with a new wave of interviews and guests and a new direction for a new year and a new season, probably after this next wave of interviews. So I'm with you presently, even though these conversations already took place, and I'm wishing you a warm, sweet, joyous, authentic just fulfilling year. Enjoy. Hello, um, everybody. Hi. Today, hi, Audra. <laughs> Today, we're speaking with Audra Bartlett, um, and she has a podcast, the Wild Visionary Podcast. And I'm mentioning that first because that is what Audra is. Uh, we know each other actually through a business and podcast mentoring program, coaching program. Uh, so we share a mentor in the podcasting world and Audra has made incredible things happen for her in the last 10 or 15 years and really throughout life. So she works as a business mentor. She has this wild visionary podcast and she helps people turn their problems into infinite possibilities. Um, you do mm -hmm. Audra. Um, so we're going to learn a little bit about her life and kind of how she came into this position from, you know, being a single mom, living paycheck to paycheck, to building a thriving business, to building multiple businesses and buying a house for next to nothing. I won't mm -hmm. share that magic number. Mm -hmm. I'll let you do that, Audra. That's, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that's a real fun story. So we're going to mm -hmm. hear a little bit about, about, you know, kind of how you were able to put ideas into action, how we don't need to have any extraordinary supernatural powers to do this, um, mm -hmm. but how we can just sort of be limitless in our thinking, limitless enough to at least make some of our, our dreams come true. So I am really happy, Audra, that you're here on the show and welcome. 
Yeah, and thank you. Thanks for that great introduction. I I think, you know, as you were talking, one of the things that came up for me was as I tell some of these stories, this whole journey has really shaped the way that I, the person that I am today, obviously, as all of our journeys have, but I like to say that the beginning part or a lot of the stories are from the chapter I call the force of nature chapter. And that chapter really is me being a person that needed to come into her own. She needed to know that she was capable. She needed to know that she could do things, that she could create, that she could survive, that she could feed herself and her child, that she was more than all of the traumas and the histories and the things that had happened. And a lot of it was just stepping into that force of nature place, um, finding it within myself, finding that the, the sheer resourcefulness within my soul, right? To to do something when I didn't think it was possible or understand sometimes even what I was doing. Sometimes I just let it drive me yes. because I didn't, I didn't know what I didn't know and I didn't know how to do any of it. And I didn't know how to become the person that had the things. And the, the chapter that I have often said, I feel like I'm in now is the one with the base of knowledge of how to do that, how to pull yourself up, how to bootstrap it, you know, but it's in a, in a much more calm place now. I forgot, what was the, what were you saying? The, um, when you messaged me, you had used a phrase. What was it? The, the burning desire, burning I desire. Think. Thank you. I was like, <laughs> the words were escaping my brain. And I, I listened to you. So just so people know you had voice messaged me with this like idea of the burning desire. And I sat with it and I sat with it and I sat with it and I was like, okay, well, I feel like the burning desire really came from, from that place, from that force of nature place where there was like this immense burning desire for me to just not be where I was. Yes. And thank you for bringing that up because that, what I think the chapter that you're talking about initially, this first stage is really shifting our underlying story. You know, mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's what I'm getting. You know, before we deal with the how to, there's that underlying story that is so ingrained in us that we don't realize that we're saying it to ourselves mm -hmm. and burning desire. We, you know, sometimes we need something like that. Something that we want so much. I want to get out of this you know, situation. I want to increase my quality of life, whatever those burning desires were, you know, I, I think that that we need that. Sometimes we need that to kind of be the catalyst to mm -hmm. enabling that, that change of our story. Um, because yeah. we didn't, we were not all born and raised with a story that we are limitless and that we can do anything that we can get ourselves out of anything. Like um, the majority of us are not right. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm doing, yeah. I'm doing my, my best to raise my son that way, but who knows, right? We all have our different, different paths in life. Who knows what he'll take from me? Listen, you know, it's like everything our parents say, we take some, we throw some other stuff away and 
we take on some things we wish we didn't. Um, so who who knows what will happen with that, but I'm trying. And, you know, as you're talking about this, the idea that like the, the initial chapter, and it's been really fascinating because I've been my, I just turned 40 uh, about a month ago and 39 was like a really hard interpersonal year. Nothing external happened. Matter of fact, I didn't, I, I'm always in creation of some thing, but I would say there were no significant things. I had created a lot at 38 and 39 was sitting in it, right? It was being in it. It was growing what I had already created. So there weren't significant creations. Matter of fact, I had even set out to finish writing my book and I didn't even do that in 39 because I had a redirect and I knew it needed just more space for me to think about it. So that will happen this year, but like it didn't happen last year, like nothing, nothing, there was no significant creations for me, but that's because I was, I was in this interpersonal shift in a lot of ways, like finishing cleaning up some of the patterns or things that I had taken, taken on or understanding why I had created in some of the ways I had in the past and the burning desire to create externally is when we need to figure out a way to become the wildfire. We haven't figured it out within ourselves yet. We're using this like external goal. We're using this thing we're creating to start shift the, shifting the story, to shifting the patterns, to shifting our understanding. And really what it is, is it's us using these things and grabbing onto these things and, and creating until we have enough within ourselves to be like, no, it's less about the burning desire externally and more about the fact mm -hmm. that I am the whole I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on your podcast, but I, I am the, I'm like, I'm the whole fucking wildfire. I am it. <laughs> I am yes. not just the force of nature or the thing that's propelling to like, I have to like find it within myself to propel it. Like I exist as the wildfire. I exist as that person that can take the spark to the wildfire. I am infinite. I am whole. I am all of these things. And when, when you shift into that and, and it can't usually happen by, we just wake up one day and you're like, I'm the whole fucking wildfire. Like I'm going from that place. <laughs> you, you often have to go through this like whole process of like trying things, failing, doing it. And it's not to say I won't try and fail again. I will continue to try and fail over and over and over again, but it's that I have a different relationship with it. I recognize that I am the infinite and the wildfire, which means that I'm now a lot more discerning about what I put my energy into and how I create. I love that. <laughs> I love that. We, we are, you know, in my spiritual practice, we believe, you know, the universe is inside of us. You know, we are not separate from this universal force and whatever you believe we believe we believe but yeah we are that magic you know we don't need to have an outside circumstance or you know to 
you know, oh, I have to get that. So now I'm going to believe in the magic we are. And what's so interesting, Audra, about what you're saying is as, as children are growing up, they do this, you know, and, and even sometimes as adults, we start to make things happen. And we're in situations where we're so intent on making something happen that there's no planning or logicizing or saying, you know what, I'm powerful so I can attract that thing. We just do it. You know, we just do it without even having any kind of hesitation and kids go after what they want. They seek knowledge. They, they, they seek all of these things without sitting there and thinking of themselves as creators. They just are, Mm -hmm. they are part of that universal force of creation. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's incredible. Just getting to that point where we, we have that, we don't need to have a milestone sitting in front of us that you know, and a plan to get there. We don't need to see the proof. We just know that we are that magic or that wildfire. Yeah. And so because I feel like I've, you know, I, I teach all sorts of different ways of, you know, with my clients of being able to create and do, but what I am always paying attention to is the energy. I'm always paying, if you come to me and you say, Audra, I have three ideas and I will just watch your energy in every single one of them. I have an idea to do this. I have an idea to do that. I have an idea to do that. And I will watch the energy. And there's, and within everything, every, and so like, say you picked idea three and you're going with idea three, you're creating something from that. And it's about the, choices after that so like I think if like I was to summarize the journey it's like getting back to like you're talking about the creativity of childhood now and when I was a kid I didn't I didn't think there were limits to anything I absolutely didn't think there was a limit I and I was tenacious I would I have all these stories, like some of my favorite stories are, you know, when I wanted to buy a monkey or when I wanted to own a store in the mall or when I wanted to um, write and direct my own plays, like everything, I would just come up with this idea. And, and it was always usually based in some sort of business, except for the monkey, like the monkey was just pure pleasure in my mind. Um, but It was, I have these ideas and I want to make it happen. And I, it was, I was allowed to foster that curiosity as a child, my mom would, and it's the basis. When I look back, it's the basis of what I do now with any sort of ideation or creation is I look back on this process in which you know, I would come up with an idea, I would bring it to my mother and she would then tell me to go out and, and research it and go to the library and figure it out and, and do all of these things to figure out whether the idea was for me or not, or whether I was going to bring it to fruition and creation. And it's allowing ourselves to play in that same way now to say, oh, I have an idea what is that idea? Is that idea for me? Or is it just an idea that I get to release? Is it something that's truly for me or not? And there's no shame, blame, guilt in any which way it's for me or it's not for me. Catch and release kind of like 
You get to catch a fish. Oh, do I want to eat this fish? Do I want to keep this fish? No. Okay. Give it back. <laughs> well, thank goodness for your mom. I am eternally grateful for her because it just sounds like she, she really gave you some fantastic uh, foundation there. And, and she didn't um, even realize she was doing it. Matter of fact, I've had her <laughs> listen to some podcasts that been on. She's like, I think you're giving me too much credit. That That's what like, my mom would say. <laughs> I'm like, mm, okay, <laughs> maybe, maybe not, but here we are. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's how moms can be, right? Just so humble and sometimes not uh, willing to take the credit. You know, I think, gosh, the monkey, monkey store in the mall, like, wow, we're, we'll have to hear one of these. (laughs) Um, But what, what strikes me is you say you sit down with people and you look at the energy behind their ideas. And I'd bet, you know, if it was me, let's say right now, and I was going to come up with a few ideas, I know there's probably some of those that shine, like, like kind of like if you dump a bunch of coins onto a table, like one, some of them are just going to sparkle. And then Mm -hmm. some as people are bringing them up probably are not super aligned. And, and, and by, by looking at their energy, you can help them figure out kind of from the beginning, which ideas are super aligned because when things really, really, when we have our full energy behind things and we can focus on those things, then it becomes obviously a lot easier to do all the research and all the work. I know there's ideas that I've come up with that sound really good on paper, but probably we're not really really, really aligned, you know, and then when, and and then when it's not, that's when it becomes an arduous task. Oh, I have to face rejection or I'm going to have obstacles or I have to do research because it wasn't really an idea that, that we truly wanted. You know, maybe it was something that we felt, you know, on some ego level we needed to attain. So yeah, I'm, that's, I'm curious about that. That's probably you know, one way to really help people from the beginning is helping them isolate those, the really good ideas from the ones that are, eh, you know, not so much. Yeah. And, and there's a definite process I take people through. And before I get into that, I wanted to acknowledge that, um, you know, having somebody watch your energy and you learning how to feel into that or being honest with yourself are both paths, Right. You know, one is people work with a coach or mentor because they want to like do it faster, right? We want to, we want to help have an eye on these things. And so I very much have eye an eye on things and help move people through quicker, but you also like, you, you don't have to have anybody look at your energy and able to, and to be able to distill it down. You, you know, the truth is Truth is the most powerful energy and your own truth is something that you can feel whether you want to accept it or not. Your own truth is always speaking to you and it often shows up. And if you start to pay attention, every time you think about something, how it feels in your body, whether you slump your shoulders over, whether you light up, whether you you know, whether you want to talk a lot about it or whether you find yourself, you're listening to yourself and you're making, you're telling somebody the the convincing reasons of why you think you should do it. 
you know, oh, I think yes. I should take this job because it's da, 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 da. like you, you're all of a sudden, like out of your mouth, they're falling all of these like excuses. And if you just start to pay attention now, now the point to which like we are willing to be honest with ourselves is a whole nother conversation because sometimes we're not. And sometimes we want to hold on to something for a little bit longer because it's comfortable or, or mm. we're just not ready to release it yet. And, and I want to acknowledge there's nothing right or wrong with that, that we go, we release things or we shift things or we acknowledge things, not a second before we're capable of doing it. You know, sometimes ah, people yes. look back and say, oh, I should have known better and I should have done it faster. I should have, da, 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 da. like I, you know, we look back and we say like, oh, like if I had, if I had, if I had known then, like I was even, I even had a conversation earlier about the wholesale bakery that I owned and how I ended up, you know, I, I built something that wasn't aligned with me and I built something that in the end made me, made me miserable. And that's part of my lesson it's part of my lesson of not everything you're passionate about should be monetized. And they were like, well, you know, you, you know, if you'd, if you'd known, if you had known, you might've not built it. And I can't think like that. Like that was my lesson. That was my journey. That was exactly the way it was supposed to happen exactly in the time that it was supposed to happen for as long as it was supposed to happen. And, and sure, maybe, but I don't regret it. I don't regret any of the things, whether they were a hard lesson or whether it was, you know, whatever it was, but it's, we can't, we can't ever force a knowing. We can't ever force the lesson. We can't ever force ourselves being ready to acknowledge the truth within ourselves, but we can even just start by acknowledging that we're not ready. Yes, exactly. And, you know, from what I know, and if you want to share a little bit about that, that story, from what I know, owning that bakery, um, I don't know if the proper word is like stepping stone, but from what I've heard through some of the, you know, I, I listened to your boot camp. Audra has a wonderful three-day boot camp on her podcast, basically about, you know, how she was able to build some of her businesses and what, you know, her coaching, you know, the things we're talking about here, the philosophy behind your coaching. Um, but that bakery was you kind of getting out of a, you were kind of stuck between a rock and a hard spot, you know, living paycheck to paycheck and living in a shared living situation, you know, a shared house with other people and also trying to raise your son. And it seems like the bakery was you being able to kind of step up and start a business and do some of those difficult things or things that seem difficult and mm -hmm. it seemed like you got a lot of strength from that and a lot of empowerment, just the way that you were able to, even, even if it wasn't, let's say the job that would soothe your soul or that would end up being something that you loved for years and years, it was something mm -hmm. that really brought you in, in, in a way, sort of the beginning of the journey, um, mm -hmm. of the last few years or last several years. Cause then from there you went on to going into real estate and doing other things. Yeah. yeah. So I, I guess I'm going to go back to like, I 
as an idea person, so I'm going to tell you this kind of the story of the childhood and lead it into the bakery and kind of give you the whole the whole gamut over here. But as a child, I always wanted to start something, do something, explore something. And I'm going to tell the story of um, when it came to me wanting to have a store in the mall. And hey. when I, when I was, so it had started with this exploration of wanting to own a monkey and my mom took me through this process. But what would happen is that I would come up with this idea and I would think about it for a while. And I wanted to have a clothing store in the mall and I wanted to make my own clothes and I wanted to sell them in the mall. And I was, I don't know, 10 years old and 12, maybe at the most, because I was interested in the, the creativity. I've always been interested in something that allows my creative side to be explored. And so my mom told me like, okay, well, go ahead, call up the mall and ask them about about the store space. And so I, you know, at 10 years old, called up the mall and I can imagine like what the other person on the other end was thinking. They were like, what is this like little kid calling the mall? Cause I like, I, my voice now is not even like a deep, I, you know, I have a pretty like, especially when I get excited, I get like really like, hi. So I can imagine I'm calling this, this mall and being like, hello, I am, I'm very interested in owning a store. Tell me how much it costs. And so they went over all of it. They went over how much, what spaces they had available and how much it costs and all of it. And then I take this and I, and I start to like do some more research into it. And I, and I put it down and I write the numbers out and I try to figure out how many shirts I think I could sell and how many things I think I could, you know, and, and I was some preliminarily without anybody ever explaining how any of this works to me, I'm already like running my numbers hmm. at, at this point, trying to figure out whether or not I could pay the, I think it was $500 rent. And, you know, I, I decided that I couldn't, I decided I couldn't, I wasn't ready to own a store in the mall and I released the idea, but that was essentially the basis of me having a sense of how to even do this. And so when it came to, and I did that multiple times in my life, I kept as a kid, kept running through these like ideas and I would get the idea and I would decide whether I wanted to do the idea and I would research it and I would call people and I would explore. And a lot of times it would end up with me not pursuing something. And sometimes it would end up with me pursuing something, but I got the, I was working as a pastry chef and I came home and I was also waiting tables and I came home one night and my roommate at the time was sitting at the table with another woman. And she said, Hey, this is uh, you know, so-and-so, and she's going to be the manager of this new coffee shop in town. And I was like, okay. Uh, and she's like, and she's, they're looking for somebody to bake for them. And I told him you bake, would you be willing to bake for this coffee shop? And it, at the time it made absolutely no logical sense, just as all my other ideas had made no logical sense through my entire <laughs> life uh, for me to do this. And here I am as an adult and I'm a single mom and I had left a really toxic relationship and I had taken my seven month old and moved in with this woman that was a friend of a friend and her two kids. And I was living in this little teal room, which still is so vividly burned in my memory because it was like this space of, I, I have a, I remember the room 
And I remember a few details of that year of my life, but I was in such survival mode that most of it's a blur. So like I have this baby, I'm trying to heal myself from the the relationship. I'm working all the time. I'm exhausted. Like I'm not functional. And we had just gotten the news that we needed to move out of our house because the landlord was going to let her family move in there. We were no longer welcome. We had to leave in one month. I had no money. I had a thousand dollars from a 401k from a job way long ago that I took out to put as a deposit down on the new house that we're moving into. So I had nothing. I had nothing. I had no time. I had no energy. I had no nothing. But something in me just said, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I'll figure it out. I'll explore this. I'll start baking for your coffee shop. And so I, I just asked them, I need a, I need a few weeks. I need a month because I need to move. I can't bake when we're in the middle of a move. I just started baking. I bought a KitchenAid mixer off of Craigslist from some guy I met at a Starbucks so I could make sure I was A, safe, and B, it worked by plugging it in. And that was the investment that I made. I think I got it for like a hundred bucks on Craigslist. And I had some sheet trays at the house and I bought some supplies and a tiny apartment size stove, which if anybody knows what those are, they're like half the size of anything legit that you can make things in. And I just figured it out. I just started baking and then I had to figure out how to, you know, I had to get a permit and I had to put things, Tupperwares together to transport it. And I had to figure out how to invoice people. And I had to figure out how to get a DBA doing business as and register my business and all of these things. And all of them just came and I kept researching it and asking questions and figuring it out. And it was completely messy, but I just said, okay, I want to do this. I want to, to, to navigate creating this. How can I do that? And I did one step after the other step, you know, (laughs) and, and that was just the beginning. That was me saying yes to life. That was it. That was me just saying, yes, I want to know what this is and where 90 something percent of people would probably say, no, they would say, no, it's not right for me. I don't have the time. It's I'm too busy. I don't have any money. I don't have excuse after excuse after excuse of why they can't do it. And I just said, yes. And it made no sense. And so I ran that bakery for, I think three or four years until the point I got myself pretty burnt out. I actually got the, I got on, I can't show you, I can't show you, but people on the inside of my arm, um, I got long sleeves on today is a tattoo of part of the logo from the, that bakery. And I remember when I was getting the tattoo, the tattoo artist asked me, she was like, Oh, do you think, you know, you're going to have this bakery for a long time. You're going to keep growing it. It's going to be like your, for your life or for a really long time. And I said, no, I said, no, I, I don't, I don't know how long I'm going to do this for, but what I do know is that me making these decisions saved me. Yes. Yes. This is on my arm because I can always look at this and say, you did this. You, you decided to just say no, when it didn't make sense, you 
I'm gonna feel like I'm gonna cry right now. I'm like, you just said yes to life and you figured it out. And that was the first step to me getting out of the identity that I was stuck in, me getting out of the patterns I was stuck in, me believing that I could do something more for myself. That was it. Like, and and sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need to make a right decision that's not aligned for us necessarily in terms of what we want long-term, but we need to just give ourselves the permission to become something bigger than we are currently at. We know, yeah, the entry point is often, I don't like what I'm doing right now. I don't like what's happening right now. And the universe will present the opportunities, the lessons, the moments for us to just say yes and figure it out. Well, your tears are welcome on this show anytime. (laughs) And yeah, that it was so monumentally, it was a revolutionary step for you. You know, when we, when we go in our life, you know, imagine like a staircase, we just need to see where the next step is, you know, and then the other paths will present themselves. And at that point in your life, you didn't need to know, okay, in 10 years, I'm going to be, you know, at the top of the hill and I'm going to be doing this, this. You just needed to get to something that allowed you to step up and, you know, all the things that you had been, you had been practicing this since childhood, you know, having an idea and not worrying about the, oh, this is crazy or because you didn't do that at 10 years old, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, um, we don't do that at, at nine, 10, 11, you know, we, we start to do that when we're older. So it seems like all the, all those experiences of just exploring ideas kind of set the, laid the groundwork for you to be in this situation and just something inside of you said, yes, you didn't know how you didn't know um, you didn't know how you didn't know that it made sense. And you didn't know that it was your dream. You just knew that it had to happen. You know, it had to be, it had to be at that time because it got you into this business owner, entrepreneur mindset. And like, you know, it, it, it was the start of your adult entrepreneurial journey, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. That's worth a tattoo. Whether even if you, (laughs) even if the next day you close the bakery after getting that tattoo, that is so worth a tattoo. Yeah. I have, I have many tattoos on my body that are lessons. Uh, I would say pretty much all my tattoos are lessons. (laughs) (laughs) I don't just get something just because I'm like, "Mm, I'm going to tattoo that lesson on my body. Um, I, I think that, yeah, you're right. It's like the entry point and the entry point. And you said something that kind of made me think, which was, you know, getting to the top of the hill or you're at the top of the hill. And I don't think we ever get to the top of a hill. There is no top of a hill for anybody. Like I was, I was listening to something recently that talked about, you know, sometimes the most unhappy people are the ones that got to the proverbial top of the hill that they thought Mm -hmm. that they wanted. But when we start to realize that like, it's not what it looks like, but it is what it is, what the truth is of what we created. And I think that's the entry point for me now, because 
I did the the thing of scrapping it and and making it happen and and creating all these things and I went on to like you know without going into the full story but like I went on to then buy a house for $327 because I had been driving past this house day in and day out and and thought why don't I just pull over and ask why don't I just call the real estate agent why don't I just see what I can do and I went on to figure out a deal with the owners in which I would um buy it for for rent to own and I I feel like I, I did a lot of just like giving space for people to believe that I could do it I got two grants I um had all the rent money go towards the purchase of the house. I stepped into belief and believing that I could own this house and I own the house and I brought 327 to close and like each one of these things. And while I, while I was touring this house and figuring out how to do it, the real estate agent had said to me, you know, so much about this. Why don't you, why don't you do that? You should be doing this job. And it was a seed in which later I took mm-hmm. that seed and I ended up getting my real estate license no matter what to to get myself out of the bakery and start to create in a larger way and went on to do real estate and went on to buy an investment property with a friend of mine because I saw it be I saw it get listed and I called him up and I said I want to go look at this house but I don't have the money to put the down payment on it would you be able to would you be willing to like I just brazenly asked a friend of mine that had never offered to buy a house with me before, but I knew he he had the money. So like, why don't you buy a house with me? And I ended up buying an investment property with him, you know, and and I ended up Airbnb being the house that I originally purchased and Airbnb being other property because I just needed to figure a way out. Like I was in real estate and I wasn't making money yet. So I would leave my house on the weekends and Airbnb the house out. And I knew a guy who had a house that was sitting vacant. And I said, why don't we go in and clean it up and Airbnb that one. And it was just, this is what I'm talking about. Like, this is the force of nature. I just kept being like, well, let me just figure it out. Let me just create, let me figure it out. Let me do it, do it, do it. And I same thing. This office I'm in right now is a co-working space for women. It was I saw the space. I was given an opportunity. Someone said yes. I created it, and now I'm in the phase of being. And what I'm what I'm teaching is now being the architect, being a little bit more intentional, right? This whole phase and and people need to be in that phase. They need to need to just start to figure out who they are and what they want and and gather the pieces in the force of nature. And then the the infinite gets to say, okay, I accept I'm infinite. How can I architect this? Yes. How can I design this really intentionally? with what I've learned. Amazing. <laughs> I, and I, I'm, I'm learning even parts of your story that I didn't know before. That's just so incredible. And yeah, arch, architect, architecting is good because, you know, a lot, a lot of these moments, you know, you're kind of in the river, you know, when something comes, you see a listing and you say, okay, well, I'm going to make this happen. And then something else. And then it's, you know, it's, it's kind of looking back at, what were the real steps that you took 
mm-hmm. while you were doing those things. You weren't sitting there at the time in architect mode, like, okay, like I'm a visionary. How can I make this house happen? How can I make, you know, these other things happen, but you took certain steps that you, you later realized. So in a way you kind of a reverse, you know, if I'm interpreting this correctly, you kind of are reverse engineering all of these amazing businesses and investments and things that you made happen uh, in the last 10 years. Yeah, I call it, I, I'm I really am calling it like reverse engineering of goal yeah. setting. It's reverse engineering this whole entire process. It's saying, okay, like what did I from childhood till now, how did I go about and figure all this out? How did I become this Jedi of resourcefulness? Like what were the things, what were the steps? Like how do I quantify and qualify this and pass this along? Like, how do I teach this now? How do I allow other people to say like, well, I'm, I'm not you. I can't just drive past a house and, and scrap it. And that's not for everybody. Like, that's just not what everybody is going to do, but there are ways that people can follow the steps that I've distilled down. It's like this repeatable formula that allows for the space, right? I'm going into this this goal setting, um, like one-on-one call with people. It's two hours. It's called form and flow because there's a little literal form, right? The architecture, the form of the life of the process of what you're wanting to do. And then there's all the flow in between. And one of the things that I, I find interesting is that like with the with the house, I didn't even need a house. Like that, the part was I wasn't even trying to buy a house. But what if you are trying to buy a house? What if you do want a home? How do we do it, right? That's the fascinating part. I I didn't think of myself as a homeowner. I didn't set out to like, like research places to buy. I just saw something and said, well, what if, what if something could happen here? I knew that I didn't want to stay in the apartment that I was still in and I knew I needed to grow my bakery and I didn't know what that would look like. So I always start this understanding with anybody, you know, let's say it is, you want, you do want to buy a house. Maybe you further along, even in your knowing, and you say, I do want to buy a house. I do want to own a property. I do want a new, new space. I always ask people is, or you have an idea for a business. Is it for you? Is it really for you? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the most important thing that most people miss. Because in truth, buying a house or starting that business or whatever it happens to be may or may not be for you. Just because your friend Jessica bought a house and you love her house does not mean that that's the right path for you. Just because other people, we have a whole wave of being an online entrepreneur doesn't mean that being an online entrepreneur is the right path for you. But if we go blindly unchecked, we may create something entirely wrong for us. I know that's, that is a very good point. We have to think about where these ideas are coming from. And, you know, you bought a house without, it wasn't an idea, you know, like you said, but you were in a situation where 
in practical terms, you probably needed a house. There were probably so many different variables in your life that would make what a house could provide, you know, comfortable and sustainable and, and just more stable. And it was those, you know, motivating factors, you know, that burning desire just to have stability to be like, okay, I want my foundation. I don't want to have to, you know, worry that I'm going to get evicted or worry that owners are going to move back into a home or worry about rent. And sometimes it was, it was those things. Um, but you weren't attached to this idea of, Oh, I want to be a homemaker. And a lot of times that's more of an idea of something that looks good versus something that we really, really is going to elevate our lives in, in so many ways. And I think that this can kind of sometimes be the difference between when we're in the ship and we just do things because there's no, there's no overthinking involved. We just do them because we have to do them versus you know, making a list. Oh, it would be so nice to do this. It would be so nice to have a house. It would be so nice to have all these things. And it, they're not necessarily things that are right for us. So it wouldn't necessarily in the, in those situations, the architecture of turning it into a how-to wouldn't really make sense. And I think it's good for people in the beginning to be aligned with, okay, you know, what are the things that truly, truly have to happen? Not because it makes me look good, not because someone else did it, but truly have to happen. And looking at the things that will, well, what is my, what is my life going to look like because of this thing? You know, not the actual getting the thing itself. It's not a trophy. It's more like something that is going to bring us joy or happiness or ease or peace. Yeah. And yeah, that, that, that is, that is a good, um, you know, I, I guess that's a good thing to think about and consider when we're at this idea stage. Yeah, because what you might be after with the house would be, you know, a feeling of safety and security and comfort and, you know, a, a feeling of being nourished by this and a feeling of allowing your creativity to flow because you have the permission to do what you want in a space. Um to recognize that it's in the pursuit of this intention of this feeling. And if we can recognize, okay, that's what I'm actually after. That's what I'm actually after. So then you can take the idea of I, you, you know, you may very well need to move. You may very well want a house, but like, then you ask yourself, like, does it actually fit my lifestyle? You know, does, is that really, is it really part of my true priorities? Do I really want to spend my time mowing the lawn and cleaning out the gutters and making sure, calling the plumber for repairs and getting the windows replaced in five years? Like, is that like, there's, there's all these ideas that we have that we're like, oh, like if we could just get to that, if I could just be a homeowner, but nobody's like, if you could just get a home to be a homeowner so that you could clean the gutters every mm -hmm. year and you could make sure the snow plowing is done and that you could pull the weeds off the side. And like, like that's the unsexy part about, there's always the unsexy part about anything we, we do. And, <laughs> yeah. and and I think that's, that's kind of the, the way. So like when I take that through, like for a business, I'll just give, give your people like a little bit of like, okay, they're like, yeah, but I want to know how do I go through that process? So the, is it for me process is your lifestyle, the income potential, um, 
the true priorities. So income potential in this example would be the the money that you're spending in it, right? The money that you're actually giving to the house, your true priorities, not the ones you think you have, but what's really the true priority, which is often something we find ourselves lying to ourselves about. We say that yeah. our true priority is our family, but in reality, we really like our work more than we're willing to admit to ourselves. And and if we could be honest with ourselves about what is true in our priorities, then we don't have to shame ourselves as much and we can live into the life we want, the time. And then can you see yourself doing it and, and feel it? So like this example, can you see yourself not only being in the house, the beautiful house, the whatever it is, but can you also see yourself experiencing the other aspects of the house, the not as sexy aspects of, of the the owning of it, right? And that I actually just did a podcast episode that's released today, or I guess whatever. It was released a few weeks ago, probably at the point by the time you guys are listening to this, but that talks about our capacity to have anything is based on our ability and willingness to hold the opposite, the duality within all of it. So mm. the reality that we have to hold the joy of a beautifully painted living room that's um, decorated as much as we have to be able to hold the reality of losing it all or of the hard things that come along with it or of, you know, the, the pipes bursting and us, you know, it's like, so within everything, just like in love, I love love as a simple example, in order for you to have the most epic love story, the biggest love story, the deepest love story, you have to also hold the possibility that you could lose them. Yes. In order to get married, you have to be able to hold the possibility of divorce. Like, all of it, it's not saying concentrate on it. It's not, don't get worried or so get in the weeds of like the the opposite that you don't do it because you're so scared of it. But it's just that we have to be able to energetically hold. If you want a big life, the more you can hold on both sides is how you expand it. Not just holding the possibility of the quote unquote positive aspect of it. Yes. And and I think this is... um this kind of goes back to where you were in life, kind of like living hand to mouth, not sure what tomorrow would look like when you open the bakery. I think the reason why sometimes we end up without even realizing it in the time, making these amazing things happen when we are in such a shaky boat in such a shaky space is because we are already holding the opposite of it. It's like, okay, I'm not going to sit around wondering if this is going to be good or not mm -hmm. and psyching myself out of trying because I am already in the opposite. I'm already, um, you know, and I'll, I'll share this quickly. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, what, what, one, one thing that has come up for me is my story of working in a company for six years. And, you know, it wasn't, um, I have a dear relationship with the owner and it was probably one of the most incredible work experiences I've ever had because of how much growth I got out of it and being successful, but it wasn't my 100, like forever path. Um, mm -hmm. But at the time I was able to make things happen to kind of get into that. I wasn't trying. I was back from traveling overseas and I had had a wonderful couple of years abroad, but I came back 40, <laughs> about to turn 40, no job, no car, no apartment needed to move like, like, like very mm -hmm. similar. 
And I was able, I wasn't, I didn't even think it through. I just kind of, I, I saw a part-time opportunity to work for a company I was temping for. And then I turned that into an opportunity to work remotely so I can move across the country and live with my dad. And then I turned that part-time into a full-time. And, you know, looking back, it's not, you know, one could say, okay, I was in survival mode, but mm -hmm. I wasn't thinking, okay, I want to have this. This is my ideal. It was more like, okay, I am experiencing the opposite of the stability that this could offer me. And I'm mm -hmm. just after transforming my situation. You know, I'm not worried about hearing the word no, because I'm already hearing no. Do I have a car? No. Do I have money? No. Like I, there was a lot of no's already in my life. So there's mm -hmm. only room for yeses. Yeah. I, and I absolutely hear that. Like sometimes the farthest, that's the farthest we can see in that moment. Yes. Right. We are so far into the, the opposite or you know you're so far into the nose that like the farthest you can see is this yes and and that in it of itself like even just going for that yes is is beauty is beauty right it's the beauty of the journey of saying this is where i can see right now this is where i can see right now <clears throat> and <clears throat> excuse me and listening to conversations like this or listening to other you know reading and learning and having a having a coach or joining whatever a group you know those are the things that the the reality is in certain moments in survival we literally can only see so far and it's when we finally get to ourselves to a place where like we're a little bit more with a base that's where we can start to expand this thinking like being the architect of your life is not always for somebody who's not able to like pay for anything or yeah. to even, even function or like everything. It's, it's like at that point, you just have to kind of put this foot in front of the other foot and figure it mm -hmm. out and continue to, to, to move from that place. And it doesn't mean you can, you do things that are completely out of alignment, but sometimes you just have to get yourself back to, to a, a base in which you can start to dream from. <laughs> yes. I love that. Yeah. Cause then we get to that point, you know, the beautiful part about being in this architecture space is yeah, we can kind of do both. We can get ourselves into a better place and we can also do it you know, as, as intentionally as we're able to at that time. And then just like moving from the bakery to owning a real estate company. Now you were in a position to say, okay, well I can do all the same things, but now I can, I'm not like in an emergency fire drill situation of needing a place to live. Mm -hmm. I have, you had some more stability. You were able to kind of fine tune it and say, okay, well, how can I turn this into, you know, where I don't just see the yes, but where the yes is actually something that's really aligned. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, and we get to hold compassion for all parts of ourselves. I think that is, if that's like one of the things I want people to walk away with is the, I remember as I was, I want to say traversing the, some of the shift, right. Um, is my best friend was like, well, you know, she's like, don't, don't be, don't be mean to that person that was there that was in survival or that was having a hard time. She goes, I loved her. I loved her. She was great. 
You know, she was scrappy and she was brazen and she was all those things. And you are all those things. And we are all both of those things, like holding the holding the possibility for both. We also hold within ourselves the possibility for survival mode Audra and thrival mode Audra and everything in between. Like I exist as all of those people. And like, I can't look back and say like, oh, like, like she just did like shape because there's decisions I wouldn't make now that I made then. But I made totally. the best decisions that I could make at that particular moment. And I get to love her. And by loving her, I love myself now more. Because, wow, look at what I did. Look at what I did with nothing. Look at what I created, right? Look at look at the creative decisions I made, even if they were not great decisions, even if they were sacrifice decisions, even if I have some shame from those decisions, man, look at what I was able to do. Yes. <laughs> yes. We have to hold space for that person, you know, and wherever we are in our journey now, and anybody who's, you know, feeling stuck, I want you to hear this is that we all have most likely at some point without even realizing, realizing it, made this magic happen for ourselves on a micro level, even if it wasn't something super sexy or starting a business or, or, or buying a house, even back when, you know, we were thinking and doing on a way that we're not now, um, further back on our journey, you know, we've all had this experience. If we really go into our experience of doing something that looking back is, is incredible. Even, mm -hmm. even if it's, even if it's getting like a minimum wage job, when you didn't have a minimum wage job before that, and you had the gumption to go out there and, you know, do the interviewing and get a job somewhere and deal with the public. So yeah, we have to hold the, the love and the space for ourselves. They say the inner child ourselves mm -hmm. at all stages in our journey. I'm so um, glad that you brought that up, Audra, because I think a lot cool. of people have, made the magic without realizing it. They want to make the magic now. Okay. How do I make the magic now? Well, you already made magic. We've already yeah. made it. Exactly. <laughs> Acknowledge the magic yeah. you've already made. You can't, you can't make the, the happiness doesn't exist out there. It doesn't exist out there. There is no, you know, you can find ways to tap into your magic but your magic is there. You are the magic. It exists now. It's like you are the wildfire. You are the infinite. You are the magic at this moment, right now, no matter what, it exists here. And there are there's evidence if you care to look for it. There's evidence if you stop and say, when have I done something that I didn't think was possible? When did I have a micro manifestation moment? When did I go into the store and, and they said, you know, we have no more of the special cake for Christmas. And, and you said, I'm going to figure out how to find it. And you talked to some manager that you just had this intuition to talk to. And he had one squirreled away in the back corner and you got this, but like, that's a magic moment. Like we dismiss these like little micro moments of mm -hmm. us like, like 
right? Those micro manifestations where we're like, ah, oh, or you think about the person and they call you, right? Those, it's like, it's like, you can't, you, everybody's like out here, like, I want to have a, a fancy car. I want to have the million dollar house. Like if I could just get there, baby, you're there now. And if you can't find the there now, you're never going to get the there there and know that like, there, I, I want to kind of end this conversation with this story because I think it's really, really, really important. I had done, you know, a bunch of things. I'm now like cut to me into real estate, creating six figures, me having these Airbnbs. I'm laying in this investment property that I, I bought with the friend and I am in one of the apartments and me and my son are laying there and I'm laying on his bed and I hadn't gotten to painting his ceiling yet. And it's a nice house. It's nothing fancy, but it's like, it's symbolic to me, right? And I'm staring at this unpainted ceiling as he's falling asleep in my arms. And and we're, we're there's nothing fancy about this room or this place or anything. It's not this major manifestation of this beautiful beach house, it's a simple house. It's one apartment and an investment property. And as I'm looking up at the ceiling, I think to myself, my son is safe. He's falling asleep here in my arms. I'm looking at the ceiling. It's unpainted and it's still not painted. <laughs> and it doesn't get happier than now. It doesn't get happier yeah. than now. It's not even the acknowledgement like, yes, me and my son here. But if we were laying in a room with fancy sheets and and really nice furniture and a, a painted crown molding ceiling in a billion dollar house, right? Like I actually wouldn't be any happier. I wouldn't be happier. And if we can acknowledge the happiness, yep. the, the most amount of happiness that we can feel in this moment is the most amount of happiness. It's an emotion. It's it's what we can access. Mm -hmm. It's what we can feel. That's it. That's it. And so if we realize that's it, we realize that anything we create is for fun. It's because we want to. It's because we want yeah. to, not because the happiness is out there. I still want a bigger, nicer house, but not because I will be happier in a bigger, nicer house, but because I want to see if I can do it. I want to create it. I want to, I like aesthetics. I like architecture. I like everything about it. I want to do it, but I'm not going to be unhappy if I don't get it. And I'm not going to be more happy if I do. And from that, that right there, is the entry point to creating the same way you did as a child. It's the recognition for fun. that we're creating <laughs> for, for joy. fun, for joy. Yeah. That's it. On oh, Audra, I I love that. I love that. Just boiling it down to what we already have inside of us. Mm -hmm. The micro manifestation moments, you know, th there are little building blocks each each moment and you have so much wisdom. I'm just, I'm so happy that we've had a chance to talk mm -hmm. and I would love to know where some of my listeners, well, Audra has a podcast, um, the wild visionary podcast available on all platforms. And is there any, 
anything else you want to share about how people can get in touch with you or if if they feel called to go a little bit deeper and and maybe uh, learn with you, coach with you? Yeah, absolutely. So Audra Bartlett on all platforms, coach with Audra, Audra Bartlett on Facebook, all audrabartlett.com, right? Tape my name these in. These will be gonna... in the notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll have these you in the notes. Type my name too. in. You're going to find yeah. me. But there's a couple of really special things depending on when this gets released. Right now, uh, into the new year, I'm doing the form and flow, be the architect of your 2024. So a lot of these things we talked about, this is for someone who, you know, who's not in the survival, but wants to step into their thriving, but in in a very intentional way that it wants to create the form of some goals, but not be rigid and allow for the flow of the creativity. So it's like a really special, like, like even the way that I designed that sales page, like lights me up. I spent over seven hours just like creating this and it's beautiful. I'm like, I just like, I like, I love the sales page even like, I can't wait to be like helping people with that. So that's right now what's going on. That's a two hour session. And then going into the spring equinox, I'm going to be opening up for the wild visionary arena mastermind, which will be 10 really special souls that will go through a year of life and creation together in the arena, um, daring greatly. So, and, and I always have opportunity, well, usually as long as there's spots, I have opportunities to work one-on-one with me. Um, I do one-on-one for a small number of people every year. So. Incredible. And even just these conversations and the amazing content, free content that Audra has on her podcast, we can all just get so mm-hmm. much out of it because even if we have this knowledge inside of us and it's just kind of hearing somebody else kind of share their experiences and, and hearing, you know, your wisdom and kind of framing it in ways that we can digest makes this, you know, we're demystifying manifestation because it's something that we do. It's something that sounds so out there and crazy and woo woo and oh my gosh, but it is like literally our first gear. It is like the first thing that we learn and the more conversations we can have, Mm -hmm. um, the better. So this has just been such a treasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Audra. Yeah. Thank and you. Have a lovely holiday season. You too. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Bloom with a Boom podcast and for your presence. Otherwise, this community wouldn't exist. If there was anything that really resonated, share the podcast with a friend or family member, somebody that could really benefit from tuning into these conversations. And you can actually rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or the other podcast apps. And I'm just so happy to have you here in this community and stay tuned for more medicinal conversations about getting out of our own way.